Have you ever considered the impact your work environment has on your health and your productivity? Enter Uplift Desk, a revolutionary standing desk designed to transform the way you work. And that's just the beginning of what Uplift Desk has to offer. With an emphasis on ergonomics and customization, Uplift Desk offers a solution that caters to the dynamic needs of modern professionals. Whether you're coding, designing, or podcasting, like I am right now, the flexibility to switch between sitting and standing can significantly enhance your focus and vitality. What makes Uplift Desk stand out is not just their commitment to quality and innovation, but also their dedication to creating a healthier workspace. With options to customize from over 100 desktop materials and a plethora of accessories, Uplift Desk ensures that your work setup is uniquely yours, promoting better posture and movement throughout the day. And here's an offer to get you started on a healthier work journey starting today. Go to upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting for 5% off your order. That's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting to get 5% off your entire order. Your health, your productivity, your future self will thank you. Again, that's upliftdesk.com slash timecrafting and get 5% off your entire order today. Have you ever had that heart-stopping moment when you realized you forgot the password to a critical account? I have, and that's exactly why I switched to 1Password years ago, and honestly, it's been a game-changer. I can't do without 1Password, and I know that if you give it a try, you will feel the same way. And when you support our sponsors, then you support the show. So I encourage you to check out what 1Password has to offer one of the things 1Password has to offer is it combines top-tier security with an award-winning design, making password management a breeze for anyone, anywhere. From the moment I started using 1Password, I said goodbye to the days of resetting passwords and worrying about security breaches. You see, 1Password isn't just about convenience. It's about saving you from the real cost of data breaches and the daily time suck of password resets. It works seamlessly across all your devices, filling in passwords for you so that you can sign in with a click. And the best part, all you need to do is remember one strong password that protects everything else. I've been using 1Password for as long as I can remember. My family is using it. Everyone in this household has bought in. It's, again, a game changer. It's completely transformed how I handle my digital security and my family feels the same way. We've gotten away from using the same passwords again and again and again, or sticky note reminders or having that notebook that says passwords I must remember. Plus, 1Password is trusted by millions, including giants like IBM and Slack. With 1Password, my digital life and my family's digital life is not only more secure, but infinitely simpler. And look, if you've ever been frustrated by a family member constantly asking for passwords, 1Password's secure sharing has been a total relationship saver for me. It's so secure that the Associated Press relies on it in high-risk areas, which means it's more than capable of keeping your digital life safe and streamlined. So why not make the switch? Protect yourself, your family, and your business with 1Password. It's the simple and secure way to manage your digital life. And right now, listeners of A Productive Conversation get a free two-week trial at onepasswordcom slash productive convo. 
That's two free weeks at onepassword.com slash productive convo. Again, onepassword.com slash productive convo. Check out one password. I know you'll fall in love with it like my whole family has. Again, that's onepassword.com slash productive convo for two free weeks. Check it out today. Welcome to A Productive Conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, and another episode from The Vault this week. It's Mike Rohde. Mike is a fantastic, fantastic friend. We haven't seen each other in a long time, though. Again, thanks to, you know, obviously things that are going on in the world. But we've we've had a few conversations online in the interim, and this is a conversation that we had, you know, online as well. But we were able to actually hear each other. So Mike Rohde is, of course, the person behind this the sketch note handbook the sketch note workbook um he gets visual conveying of messages i've been trying to get better at that over the years and i have to say that mike's inspired me to do that and um you know he kicked he kicked off that whole idea for me if if david allen and merlin Mann were the people that kind of inspired me to dive into the world of productivity and stephen colbert and other comedic types were the ones that kind of inspired me to take maybe a different angle towards it mike was the one that kind of inspired me to say hey what if you didn't just focus on writing but you made it more visually appealing to bridge that gap mike did that and so this is a, a fun conversation which i try to bring back to the fore the fun ones the ones that i think were you know may have surprised people that listen to it for the first time so let's get to it here's my conversation with mike Rody. enjoy well everybody i've got uh mike Rody on the show with me today mike thanks for joining me today hey no problem mike it's great to be here now mike is uh probably best known. I've chatted with him before and we'll put a link to the show notes in previous episodes where back in the olden times when I did uh, podcasts on five by five, uh, where you were the author of the, and still are the author of the sketch note handbook and the sketch note workbook. I'll have links to that in the show notes as well, but you're now the creator of something that, that caught my attention. Um, a, a few, a couple of months back. And I'm like, I got to talk to Mike about this thing. It's called the daily plan bar. And I wanted to, have a chance to chat with you about it because uh, the audience here is is big into, you know, nerding out about productivity, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And the paper-based productivity is a big thing. I've loved it. I mean, you know my, my love of analog tools, and I know your love of analog tools. So I want to, can you kind of, um, I mean, we're going to link to the description and, and, and the Medium post in particular that talks about it, but can you talk a little bit about, first off, what the Daily Plan Bar is and why you decided to come up and, and, and put it in, into practice? Sure. So a brief description of the daily, uh, I can't even say it, the daily plan bar <clears throat> is uh, this idea that I wanted to get away from my computer for managing most of my day, um, mainly because I, if I would, if I were on my computer, I tended to be distracted by Slack uh, pings or Skype. Uh, I work in a corporate environment, so I get Skype messaging or emails would come in or there's always something interesting to look at that is not working. Um, and I had this tendency if I was using Outlook that I would sort of get sucked down these rabbit holes. Like, how did I end up here? And I realized, oh, I was going to check my schedule. And then this email came in. And then I looked at this thing on the web. And, you know, it's 20 minutes later. And how did I get here? So I wanted to find a way that I could separate myself when I wanted to more easily. But also, um, I kind of felt like with Outlook, uh, I didn't always feel really connected to my day in in, a, in the way that I wanted to be. And I felt like maybe there was an analog way to do that. I've, I've ex- explored 
over the years a variety of ways to use analog things. Obviously, sketchnoting is one of those things, which can be used analog or di- digital, right? I use an iPad Pro and a pencil, and it works great for that. But um, there's some other things in the past which you could probably look up. Um, there was a time where I used to have a Palm Pilot uh, back in the olden, the olden days, and I lost it in the seat cushion in my living room uh, by accident. Didn't realize it just slipped down and fell down there for six months. And rather than spend the money at the time to buy a new Palm Pilot, I thought, well, why couldn't I just create my own calendar? So I got a blank moleskin pocket notebook, and I, I realized I could split it up into a week if I was creative with it. And so I did that, and I called that Planner Hack. So you can actually go to plannerhack.com and see that it's a single page with just, you know, the plan, sort of, you know, the, the day, the week's plan on a single spread. So that was my one of my first experiments a long time ago. And then I found my Palm Pilot and um, sort of used the both of them. So I found what that sort of walked me into is that these analog tools have an interesting way of helping you connect a little bit more with your schedule because you're writing it down. Uh, in some cases, if you're using a manual method for tasks, you're sort of for you have to move them. So you get annoyed with them. And then at some point you want to either stop doing them or get them finished, right? Get them off that list so you don't have to keep copying them. And so I, I remembered that I'd done that and I thought maybe there's a way that I could do this. And I also remembered a friend of mine, Bill Westerman, who came up with a very similar concept way back in the day around that same time where he, what he would do is in the morning, he would look at his schedule and he would create a long, narrow bar of his day and he would draw, he would sort of color in areas and give titles to the areas next to this long, skinny bar for the things he was going to do, including like blocking out time to do work. And as the day would progress, he would sort of X something out and write something else in. And it would it, it looked kind of messy, but for him, it helped him sort of t- stay in tune with his day. Uh, and then he had a method for um, tra- tacking, tra- uh, tracking tasks, uh, which is something like a Dash Plus system. It was, it was something he modified a little bit that I adopted as well. And uh, when I started getting uh, interested in this idea of connecting myself to my calendar, I immediately was noticing bullet journal stuff. So I actually reached out and started talk, talking with Ryder Carroll, and he was kind enough to send me one of his uh, branded bullet journals to give it a try. So I thought, well, I'll give it a try and just see how it works. And I started using uh, it as it was for about six, seven months, and I burned through that book and, and really enjoyed it. And I had this uh, epiphany, I guess. I realized, hey, Bill Westerman sort of had this bar thing, but I want to modify it a little bit, and I've got this history of analog stuff. Maybe I should try this. So I ran that for, I think, three or four months uh, in my bullet journal, I started modifying the bullet journal with this bar along either the right or the left edge of my page. And I would sit down in the morning and I would look at my Outlook calendar and I would write down what I planned to do that day. And that way, if I went to a meeting, I wouldn't have to take my laptop. I could just take my book and really focus in the meeting. Again, that the uh, distraction of having the laptop with me uh, could be left behind because I knew I could write like the room number I was in or uh, whatever it was that I wanted to see. But I think the the deeper benefit was is it connected me with the things that I planned to do for that day, and it helped me sort of internalize it in a way that Outlook just never really seemed to uh, do it for me. So, uh, it, you know, it's interesting because uh, we're seeing a lot more people revert back to planners. I was reading uh, uh, an article recently where uh, paper planners are back on the rise in terms of people wanting to get mm-hmm. away from the digital stuff. 
So when you're putting the daily plan bar together, like where does the digital come into play? Because it's got to. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I love the paper stuff, but the long term is it the same for you? Like the long term incubation stuff lives digitally, and then when you're sitting there with the daily plan bar, and and you want to, and I'd love you to touch on this other thing you've been working on as well. That's a little bit further in scope. But is it you? You look at okay, here's what I here's what I have on my plate, in the digital world, and then you you transfer it over. And, and then you like, is that kind of how you play it off? So they feed off of one another? Yes, that's exactly right. So I work in an environment where, so I mentioned one of the tools we use is Outlook yeah. or, you know, we could use other, there's other tools, I guess people have hacked Apple mail to work here. Um, if they like that you better, can use, you oh. can really use any tool. I mean, you could use, <laughs> really? I mean, I use, I mean, I use Asana and Todoist for my task management, but that doesn't mean that it's not good to have it written down mm-hmm. in some kind of paper format as well for the very reasons you mentioned. Yeah. So the way I think about it is this. Uh, we use something called, uh, and they call it TFS. It's some kind of a Microsoft tool that manages both code code and tasks. We work in an agile environment. So there's sort of this, this car, like an almost like a Kanban system where you drag a card over in the task and you show it, you know, it's now in progress and now it's finished. So we have that as well. And that's sort of, I think of as my master. So the Outlook calendar, because you know, people can invite me, things change. Uh, that's sort of the master as well as this uh, list uh, area where my tasks live and the larger uh, increment incremental um, features that where the tasks are tied to live. And and what I thought was if I use the, the computer to manage those, again, I'm back into distraction land and it doesn't help me. I wanted to find a way that I could extract things I needed just for that day. So that's where the plan bar uh, being only daily made sense. I could that morning draw it out. I could look at my my to-do list stuff, my bigger list, my bigger backlog of the you know hundred things or whatever that have to be done in the next six months, and take out the three or four things that I'm doing today. Because I think my tendency is uh, even when I did bullet journaling, I tended to write down way too much stuff. Like I had way too many tasks. Now I I probably couldn't narrow it down to three things, but maybe it's more like six or something like that. Um, but I would write maybe 10 or 12 and I fully knowing I'd maybe get to about six and that would be it for the day and something would have to be moved. So this was a, this was an attempt to sort of look to the master sources, draw out the things that were helpful to me in this particular day. What are the three, four, five things I can do? What's my plan going to look like? Who am I going to lunch with? What rooms am I in? And then I could shut my computer if I wanted to and, and go work or I could turn, you know, turn off the internet or quit all the apps that would bother me and just focus in sketch or Photoshop or whatever. Um, and then have a book that I could turn to and I could, what I tended, what I sort of turned into doing was I would, op- I would draw the book and I would leave it on top of the closed Mac in front of me. And then I would have the large screen that I work on, you know, working on a mock-up or something like that. I could just leave it open and quickly glance and see, Hey, I'm going to lunch at 11 o'clock. You know, I could sort of peek at it because I just grabbed it now Obviously, there's, you know, there's some disconnection. So if somebody moves a meeting on you, you sort of have to have that. And I mean, that's always going to be a challenge, even if you if you're electronically connected, if you don't see that message, you still you still might miss the meeting. Right. So that's not necessarily a complete solution, um, but it gave me sort of a a good sense. And I could just leave it open on top of the Mac and work. Um, And I found that really effective. It sort of was a good moderating position between fully diving into these uh, task and info areas that had so much information I didn't know where to start. Ever found yourself deep in a project, your flow state so intense that the world around you just fades away? That's the magic zone where ideas take flight and your work truly comes to life. 
But what if, in a blink, it could all disappear? Hard drives fail, coffee spills, and yes, even the dreaded accidental delete happens. But fear not, because CrashPlan has your back. Don't wait for disaster to strike. Head over to CrashPlan.com slash TimeCrafting now for a free trial and secure your creations with their limited time buy one, get one offers. Supporting our sponsors means supporting this podcast, so take a moment to check them out. CrashPlan is the superhero of cloud-based data protection, specifically designed for people like us who live and breathe their digital creations. CrashPlan ensures that every file, every idea, and every piece of hard work is safely backed up and protected. With CrashPlan Professional, you get unlimited backup for your computers, not servers or cloud apps, just pure essential data protection for PC, Mac, and Linux. This means your business plans, designs, music, and documents are continuously encrypted and updated in their secure cloud without you lifting a finger. Imagine this, your laptop takes a dive during a late night work session. With CrashPlan, it's not a disaster, it's just a minor hiccup. Their service runs quietly in the background, safeguarding every change you make every 15 minutes. And if the worst happens, your files are just a few clicks away from being restored with unlimited version retention acting as your personal time machine. For businesses, CrashPlan's multi-tenant capabilities are a game changer. Buy as many licenses as you need, manage them with ease, and let your team or your IT admin restore data seamlessly, saving precious time and resources. So go to CrashPlan.com TimeCrafting now to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited buy one, get one offers for a productive conversation listeners. That's CrashPlan.com TimeCrafting. Back up better with CrashPlan. Ever caught yourself marveling at the seamless magic of everyday tech, like how noise-canceling headphones block out the world or the sheer bliss of meeting-free Fridays? Now imagine if there was a way to bring that kind of magic into selling online. Well, guess what? There is, and it's called Shopify. From the moment you decide to launch your online shop to opening your first physical store, and even when you're pinching yourself because, yes, you just hit a million orders, Shopify is there to guide your growth. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or the latest productivity tools, Shopify supports you everywhere with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. The checkout, oh, it's a breeze for your customers, converting up to 36% better than other platforms. And with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered assistant, you're selling more with way less effort. And you won't be alone in your Shopify journey because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., supporting giants like Allbirds and Brooklinen and millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Their award-winning support is always there, making sure businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify, and yours can be one of those businesses. And for those looking to level up, Shopify's endless integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to chatbots ensure your business is always ahead of the curve. So what are you waiting for? Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash timecrafting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash timecrafting. Have you ever looked into fasting and thought, I love the benefits, but I can't go days without eating? Well, that's where Prolon comes in, transforming the fasting experience with a plant-based nutrition program that tricks your cells into thinking they're fasting without actually having to stop eating. 
Developed through decades of research at the University of Southern California Longevity Institute, Prolon is not just another diet, it's a scientifically backed program designed to support your body's natural processes. Now keep in mind, this isn't about cutting out food. It's about providing your body with the right nutrients to enter a fasting state while still eating. The program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all carefully designed to support healthy blood sugar levels, cardiovascular health, and even reduce abdominal fat. And the convenience? It's unmatched. Everything you need comes in one box delivered right to your doorstep. Thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon for its health benefits, backed by Nobel Prize winning science. So if you're looking for a way to kickstart your health journey with all the benefits of fasting and none of the hunger, Prolon is the answer. And right now, Prolon is offering a Productive Conversation listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash timecrafting for this special offer. Again, that's prolonlife.com slash timecrafting. Check it out today. And it sort of helped me abstract it down to the few things I wanted to focus on just in that day. Yeah, direct through day. Basically that's what because the, the trap we all fall into, no matter what tool you use, if you don't if you don't plan your day, someone else is going to. Yeah, you know, so or something else is going to. It's going to derail you. So this allows you to kind of define how the day is going to look. And yeah, I mean there are going to be things that pop up, but th- then you've got this daily plan bar to refer back to where if, if something and it's kind of the same process when I talk about daily theming, right? You know, if mm-hmm. if something pops up you're going to go, okay, let me deal with that urgent item. And then instead of coming back and going, well, now what do I do? You've got a clear, clear picture in front of you, what you should be doing at that point in time, because you, you know, whether it's the day before or earlier that day said, this is what I should be doing. So let's do this. So, I mean, if you leave yourself to your own devices, that's when things can, can become problematic. Now you're doing this for the week now too, though, right? Yeah, so I saw, um, I can't remember who I saw this, Patrick Roan on his blog mentioned someone, and I'm going to, I'm kicking myself for not remembering who this was, who had saw, had seen my daily plan bar and had thought, hey, this would be really interesting to do a week at a time. So actually, he re-inspired me to think of this in the same way, because what I found was uh, the daily plan bar works really good if um, you've got a high, you've got, so what where it really worked well was if I had some tasks on the list, I had the bar with all the day's stuff. And then I needed space to write notes. So I'd go to meetings and I would write some notes either about uh, what what I was meeting on or maybe I would, I need the hex color for this. I would write it in the book or I could write, you know, I would have a space for writing notes. What it's not maybe great for is if you don't really write a lot of notes and you only have a couple of tasks, you end up with a whole page kind of not being fully used um, because the bar sort of consumes the right side and right. the tasks, you know, are just in the top, you have this big middle piece of the page and now you've burned a page, which, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with burning pages, but, um, seeing this idea of like putting all five days for a work week on a page, I thought that was a really interesting idea. So I started to experiment with it. Um, I think about a month or a month and a half ago, and I kind of like it. And what I do is, um, it's the same idea on Monday. I'll sort of draw the bars out and I'll, and I'll leave the ones that are later in the week a little bit empty until I get to those days. So Monday I'll fill that in in more detail. Tuesday gets a little less detailed. Maybe Wednesday there's a, just a meeting or two that I'm pretty sure are going to happen. Uh, and then on the right page, so I, I tend to prefer like it being on the left and then a, a page being on the right, but I guess it could flip the other way. But on the opposite page, let's say 
then I've got my tasks. And what I like about this as well is because I've got one page for the week's tasks, it sort of forces me to only, you know, to limit myself to about five, six tasks per day so I don't overload myself uh, in order to fit them on that page. Uh, and I'm finding that it's actually pretty interesting for a couple of reasons. One, that specific thing that I can't overtask myself on that right page. But on the other uh, hand, I can see sort of my whole week at a glance and yet still have the benefit of the bar uh, to see where I am on that particular day. And then sometimes I'll go down the bar and as I do things, I might check them off right next to the right next to the list. Um, probably the, the, the place where this might not work and where the, the full daily plan bar might work better is if your uh, calendar changes a fair amount, you might want to have space in that middle part of the page to like X out a meeting and draw another one to the left of it, right? Like make a, a little chunk and then redraw the bar for the rest of your day as it starts to, you know, degrade <laughs> and change, right? So you can, you got that space. If you do a week at a time, there's really not any space to do that kind of modification. Right. Um, I, I think it depends on your, on the, your, your situation, your circumstances. Some people have a bit more flexibility than others. By the way, it was Matthew Lang. I'll link to it in the Matthew show Matthew Lang. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, and, go ahead. Keep going. Then, then the final thing I'd, I'd say about that too, is that, um, Neither the the weekly or the daily plan bar may work for some people, for example, who change and switch things a lot. So let's say they work in 15-minute increments, like maybe that's impractical to do, or someone whose schedule changes so drastically every day that it would be annoying to have to draw these bars and keep modifying them. That might be the edge case where this is just not practical in the first place and you maybe shouldn't use it. So if you find yourself in sort of that middle place, I find it, I tended to use, I could use either one of these, either daily or weekly, but the, the two had interesting uh, impacts. And I guess you could even blend the two, right? So you could start yeah. the week and do the week and sort of look at it from a high level, maybe have the that next page to look at your main theme tasks and then still use the daily plan bar for the really specific day stuff if you really want to get into the nitty gritty. And then you could, it could be interesting to see in reflection so here's what I thought it would look like on Monday. And then by the time I get through Friday, let's look at those days and see how they compare to what I thought it would be and see where did I go wrong. It might could be a good reflection retrospection tool to see the, the difference between what you thought you would do and <laughs> what you actually did. Well, and especially when it comes to the system I teach with, with regards to the now year method, if you say, hey, you know what, Wednesday is going to be my podcast day, but then you've got this, you know, the, the plan bar is kind of telling you, well, look, for the past three weeks, Wednesday has not been that. So is that mm -hmm. the correct day for that theme? Or do you need to, so you're right, it gives, it, the interesting thing is, and I mean, instantly when you were mentioning, you know, there are certain systems that people, like if you're switching tasks quite frequently, maybe this won't work for you. But maybe it could. Like, for example, if you're a Pomodoro user, right, if you're if you're married to the Pomodoro technique, most mm -hmm. people would think right out of the box, can't do this. I work in 25 minute increments. But that's not so. What if you said Pomodoro one fits in this bar, like this part of the bar, mm -hmm. and every Pomodoro is categorized in a certain way. So maybe your first set of Pomodoros, and for those of you not familiar, a Pomodoro, a full level of Pomodoros is four tasks done in 25-minute sprints with five-minute breaks in between. So you're mm -hmm. looking at about, what, an hour, I guess, of tasks thereabout. Mm -hmm. So what you could say is Pomodoro 1 is one type of work. 
or and it, maybe it's repetitive. Maybe you do the same thing every every day for Pomodoro one, and maybe you do the same thing for Pomodoro two, and all of a sudden you've got eight Pomodoros lined up for the day, and you've marked those in the daily plan bar. And maybe on on Monday Pomodoro two appears at the top, but on Wednesday Pomodoro three appears at the top. So there's mm-hmm. lots of the great thing about visual. And the great thing about systems, and I've been studying a lot of um, Bruce Lee lately. I've been spending more mm-hmm. time looking at his stuff and his uh, his art, martial arts Jeet Kune Do, which is basically the style of no style, right? And it's it's you. It is what you bring to it. And I think that what what you know, and we've talked about this before, both in person and 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 you know on the shows that we we've talked about this, which is you know it's personal, it's personal productivity. So you're going to take the best of, and again, a Bruce Lee quote, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and add your own along the way. This is kind of exactly what this is. I mean, I've, as we are talking, I'm looking at the, the, you know, the, 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 the hash, the, the hash marks that are going through each of these. And I said, you know, if someone's really having a hard time with their months, you could have a monthly planner that had the 30 days in it. And if you know, if you look at your digital calendar and you have three meetings in a day and you know that that's your limit for meetings, you take hashes and you put it through that day in your paper calendar. So if someone calls and says, hey, can you do a meeting? Instead of looking at your digital calendar, which doesn't allow you to do that or would look mm-hmm. busy, you open it up to the monthly and you go, okay, these ones that are all crossed out, I already have three meetings that day and that's my limit. So no, I can't. Like mm. there's really, there's really a lot of simple things you can do um yeah. it just takes the time like how long did it take for you to really hone this because i mean it's it's obviously probably still a work in progress as you've as you've mentioned again mm-hmm. not unlike what what bruce lee was doing with his martial art but how like when you were confident enough to say i'm going to write about this and put it out to the world how long between when you started it and you felt confident enough to put it out there with the step-by-step kind of instructions that you figured people would be able to get it without bombarding you too much with questions Mm -hmm. um i think if you look in the article itself it probably lists i thought it was six months but i think um that was only because that's when i got around to it when i actually thought hey this could be useful for somebody else and i actually took the time to make a fake schedule you know because i i figured it's better if i neatly do it and put you know fake stuff in there but it's you know like it's similar to what i would write but it's not real anything so no one's you know incriminated or whatever right um so Honestly, within, I think, the first week, I knew that it really worked well. And I probably, if I'd said after the first week or two, let's say two weeks, just to verify that it worked for two weeks, that might might be a good rule of thumb. Uh, and if I really wanted to be careful, maybe four weeks, so you got a month of it, right, mm-hmm. to make sure it would work for an entire month. Um, so I think I probably could have done it in a week or two. Like, I felt pretty confident about it already that it worked for me now again that doesn't mean that it works for everybody and you know i I love the idea that you take what works for you you let go what doesn't and then add your own that's that's in a a lot of ways the essence of sketch noting too yeah you listen to what people are saying you take what you think you can apply and you let the rest go and you're okay with it right because ultimately why are you sketch noting it's because you want to improve what you're doing and this is a way to capture it um so yeah i think it, it probably could have done it in two weeks in or something once i had a pretty good sense that it was working and i i should mention too that um, it's helpful if you want to use this method to use uh, either a squared uh, book of some kind mm. um, i prefer leuchterm has really nice uh, notebooks and they specifically have really nice dot grid notebooks which i guess are very popular for bullet journaling and i i simply use them because it gives me structure enough that it's easy to draw that bar 
uh, down the right side of the page. And then I played around. I picked up markers and flares and other things. And I started fooling around with co- – you could do color coding. So like if, uh, say, your personal stuff is orange and your work stuff is blue, you could do that. It could be that simple. Um, you could go crazy, right? You could make colors for different projects if you wanted. And that might be a good visual way to say, wow, this day is really heavy for that project. Maybe tomorrow I should go on this other one because otherwise I'm going to get behind, right? So color can be another aspect to it. Um, and sometimes I'll use a, a straight edge, but sometimes I'll just freehand it um, and not wor- to worry too much about it. So yeah, dot, grid, dot grids are, I mean, I use Baron Fig and I know you use them as well. And, mm-hmm. their, do, and their dot grids are, I mean, dot grid is the way most of us go because it yeah. gives you the structure without feeling constrained by it. Yeah, like a squared page is pretty heavy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Considering all the lines going on, it sort of distracts. So the dot grid sort of lays back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Either one of those notebooks are great. So, all right. So someone's going to probably ask, okay, do you do this for every single week, whether you're working or not? Is the daily plan bar part of your life every single day of the year at this point? Or do you say, okay, I'm on vacation. It's only what I only apply it to when I'm actively working or actively trying to work and live in harmony with my with my work life and my home life. Mm. Um, so I've only used this in my work experience. Um, my home experience is a little bit less demanding, so I can get away with um, a simpler task list. So I use a Hobonichi Techo mm-hmm. for uh, my daily log. Um, I've done that for several years, and uh, the things I'm doing with that are different things. So that probably could be another post. I've gone on sort of a health journey where we, my wife and I both, we measure our sleep, our weight, our how much water we drink, and I have little. Um, I have a little uh, collection of data that I capture every day at the top of the Hobonichi, and then I have tasks underneath it. But it's usually you know five, six tasks in a day, and maybe I'll draw a little doodle or write a note. So that's the extent of my personal stuff. But my work was more demanding, and it was much more meaning driven. Um, and then blocking out, making sure I block out time to do design work because otherwise meetings will take over. So that was uh, where I tended to use it. And I use it almost every day. There's day, there's weeks where it gets really crazy where I might just be lucky to write uh, a to-do list down. Mm-hmm. Um, those are only an occasion, and I try to avoid that. I like having the bar or some kind of direction as the week starts because it just gives me a little bit of grounding as I go into a week. Um, and I like having the documentation as I go because I can go back in time and see what was I working on. Why, why did I make that decision? And I may have written something down. Uh, in there in sort of my work log. So I think it's um, it's proven itself to be valuable enough that I that I feel kind of weird if I don't do it. One, but, fi- one final question for you, because and I know the answer to this, I'm pretty sure. But so Outlook is email is is where that's pretty much primarily where your digital stuff comes in. And at work, you are married to whatever your project management tools are that you're using there. Again, you're using like an agile or scrum style. Mm-hmm. Uh, given given your drive, like if you could have it would you just use paper consistently? And, and uh, now that you're bullet journaling, would that be the thing you use consistently without any, without, without any, like, like without a digital task manager per se? That's a really interesting question. I think um, because I spend most of my working and thinking day at work, I would have to see, evaluate. I think I would probably still do the plan bar at home if I was working. Like say, I, let's say I decided to work for myself, right. which I don't. I'm a con, I, I'm, I'm an employee and I contracted a company. Um, I would probably I would probably adopt something like this. I find it valuable enough. And I so personally, what I use is uh, I still use Things, right? Um, and I find it uh, I like it because I can't uh, I can 
do levels of uh, depth, but it only goes one level deep. And for the way I use that personally, it's enough. Um, and then for client work, I tend to use Basecamp uh, to help manage discussions. And it's a pretty easy way, pretty lightweight. I think I'm still on Basecamp too, so I haven't, I haven't upgraded to three, but it works for the light, the light kind of project management for like illustration work and other stuff. It works pretty well. So, and then the email tool that I use is Postbox. Yeah. I like uh, some of the features that Postbox offers. So it sounds like, and this is interesting, and I mean, I'm sure we can touch on this in a future episode, but um, you're one of the few people, I can do this too, where a tool is used for a certain environment. And not, and, and so, so a lot of people say, I'm going to use Todoist for everything. And that, that can muddy the waters. You seem to say, okay, mm-hmm. Basecamp's for this, Things is for this, Outlook is for this, Postbox is for this, the Techo is for this, all that stuff. Uh, so I, w- I want to touch on that in a future episode, but we both have to go. So I want to send people to where they can go to learn more about you and uh, sure. check out all the stuff that you're doing. So uh, where can people find you, Mike? So the best place to see uh, my stuff, mainly it's my books you'll find at rowdesign.com, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Uh, there you can see the books. You can sign up for the newsletter that I send every two weeks where I'm scouring the internet for interesting analog and sketch note and visual stuff kind of like this. Um, and then you can also find me. I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram under the same name, Rodesign, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N. Uh, and you can say hello there. So those are the two personal ones. And the last one I'll send you to is um, sketchnotearmy.com. And that's where we promote other people's work from around the world, sketchnoting, either they're just starting or maybe they're accomplished. And we like to promote and share the work that they do there. And we we also have a Sketchnote Army podcast. So if you're interested in that space, we've got uh, three seasons that you can listen to and find out how people apply that part of uh, visual thinking to their lives. And, I, was, and I, I lied. I have one more question. When is World Sketchnote Day again? It's, uh, ja- it's always January 11th. So it'll be January 11th of... Uh, 2018. So everyone can start to get their chops together for sketchnoting by the time that uh, – so listen to Deborah LaFranc's podcast that I had her on. Listen to, listen to you. Read to, By the time January rolls around, you'll have had seven months to practice this stuff. You'll be good there to go. go. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Mike, for joining me today. Thank you, Mike, for having me. I really need to have Mike back on the program in a live setting again because Mike is just – a really good guy, a really good friend, has a lot to share, and I hope you got a lot out of this conversation that I brought back uh, from the archives. Uh, you can, of course, learn more about some of the links and stuff and some of the other helpful things to explore by going to productivityist.com slash podcast 432. And the other thing you can do is, of course, visit our sponsors page to explore our sponsors as well. If you want to support the show, go to productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors, and some of the sponsors you heard today are featured on that page as well now next week we got a fresh new episode again and if you are into email management and want to get a better handle on email somebody who has focused an intense amount of thought and consideration and energy around managing email Prashant Nair is joining me on the program to talk about the stack method and email management and I did not know much about the stack method before our conversation, and I'm glad that I know about it now. You do not want to miss our conversation. So again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that way you don't miss it. Uh, Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you, stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.